0: No my Heidi My Piki My Kaki My Kyore Etifano. I'm Guyan Espiner with you this week for Wallace Chapman on the panel on RNZ National. Well, this afternoon we're constantly reading and hearing and watching stories about long waiting lists in the health system and a shortage of doctors. So is a third medical school part of the answer? And is Waikato University the one to do it? We dig into National's new pledge to help fund New Zealand's third medical school. Teens at Oranga Tamariki made to fight while staff watch on and then the photos leak to social media. It's the latest in a string of scandals at Oranga Tamariki. We'll hear from Dame Tariana Turia on why we seem to keep failing our most vulnerable rangatahi. And sleep researchers at Otago University are to investigate whether delaying school start times could improve the sleep and health and well-being of high school students. And playing it cool or just stumbling around in the dark about being a newly minted multi-millionaire? Why hasn't the winner of a $33 million lotto prize come forward? And what happens to the money? To discuss that and more, we're joined on the panel this afternoon by women's advocate,
1: author and former Green MP Sue Kedgley. Good afternoon to you, Sue. Kia ora, Guy. And by the way, hats off to Wallace for taking time off work to sp- spend with his son yeah, on holiday. I just, I, I just took the stuff.
0: Op- I just took the option of bringing my daughter into the studio with me. Oh,
1: okay. Well, <laughs> she could join <laughs> in.
0: Well, she, 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 she made a guest appearance on Monday. Oh, good. <laughs> <Why> <laughs> Listen, is she, um, uh, Nick Leggett is with us there. Uh, kia ora. Good afternoon to you, Nick. Kia ora, Gaim. Nick Leggett is the former Porirua Mayor and now Chief Executive of the Road Transport Forum and we'll pick their brains about what they've been thinking shortly. But firstly, on the panel this afternoon, it's been labelled perhaps the most expensive car theft ever in New Zealand. But did the crooks know what they had? A Rolls-Royce ghost valued at about $850,000, was stolen from a West Auckland home on Saturday night as part of a wider house burglary. The luxury car was then found abandoned, and a little worse for wear, about four kilometres from the house, according to the story in the New Zealand Herald this morning. Let's bring in David Linklater, who's the deputy editor of Driven Car Guide. Good afternoon to you, David.
2: Good afternoon, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't know you could pay $850,000 for a car. Oh, Extremely. well,
2: let, let, me, let me blow your mind then. That's the, that's oh. the baby one. So the Ghost oh. is actually the entry-level stand for Rolls-Royce. There's, there's the much bigger one, which is the Phantom. So that's um, that's pocket money for a Rolls-Royce.
0: Is that right? What would a Phantom set me back?
2: Oh, Phantom! I mean, there's no, not really any such thing as a retail price for Rolls-Royce because they're all different. About you know, well over ninety percent of them are bespoke, so they're made to order. But most Phantoms running around to be well over a million.
0: Wow! And you'd think, I mean, <laughs> if I was going to pay, if I was going to pay that sort of money for um, a car, well, a I'd want to live in it, but b <laughs> I would hope that it was you know pretty theft-proof, wouldn't you?
2: You would hope so. I mean it was interesting um, watching watching the video of the car being stolen. The thief obviously had the keys because a lot of luxury cars um, have sort of a welcome protocol. If you've got the key on you the, the exterior lights light up and I noticed the grill lit up on the ghost as well. So the thief obviously had the keys. It seems that they were just sitting in the garage next to the car.
0: Yeah, no, that none of that happens on my Yaris um, <laughs> But um, for a, a ghost um, But then they abandoned it That was the weird thing You read this story in the Herald And it's like, wow, maybe this is a car heist And it's, it's an interesting story it's a Shame for the people who own it But then they had abandoned it 4K from the house Did that detail surprise you?
2: I mean, what would you do with it? If it happened in Europe, I guess it would be in the back of a truck or in a container or something being shipped to another country, but New Zealand's just so far away from anywhere, and it's such a recognisable and distinctive and expensive car. I mean, what would you do with it? I think it was just, it seems to be just a crime of opportunity, and they got out the driver and thought, what do we do with this thing now?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I suppose you'd be a little conspicuous. I don't don't want to malign the people of West Auckland, um, but you probably might be a little conspicuous, eh, driving around in a roller.
2: Well, I actually loved one one little detail of that story, which you might appreciate, and given you just said you've got the Yaris. Um, the other car in, in the backyard, which was also stolen the next day, was a Toyota Vips. So that's an interesting <laughs> garage. or old a Toyota but, Yeah,
0: maybe, maybe it was a his and hers scenario. Who knows? Um, we probably should bring in the Chief Executive of the Land Transport uh, Forum on this. Oh,
3: actually, at infrastructure, <laughs> New Zealand now. But it doesn't mean I don't appreciate. Well, you um, a transport. Yeah, a nice vehicle, uh, a, a nice vehicle. I mean, I, I sort of, I thought this is um, this is really a sort of a billionaire's problem, really, isn't it? To have a car this expensive, but. Um, I can understand that um, somebody would want to take a luxury vehicle like this for a joyride. Um, I've driven, had the the fortune of driving something like this and they are stunning. Um, But
0: really... Hang um, on, no, don't slide over that. When was your experience of driving a Roller? Uh, for for a wedding, <laughs> I was the I was the chauffeur. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this, you, you
3: get where I fit into the into yeah. the into yeah. the social strata. Um, but it, it, this is clearly a, a joyride. How many of these vehicles actually ex- you know are, are, live in garages around New Zealand as casually kept as this one,
2: David? Well, I I couldn't answer that for sure, but I can tell you that 18 brand-new Rolls-Royces were sold in New Zealand in 2022. So that's not a huge number, but that's a lot of, you know, uh, million-dollar cars. It
3: certainly
1: is. Sue, what's your take on this? Well, Guyane, I'm sort of struggling to work out why we're uh, discussing this at all, rather than the 8,500 other cars that were stolen uh, this year uh, in New Zealand. Uh, it's not really a news story at all, is it? Really, I suppose the point is that we're interested that someone owns a car that's worth, you know, uh, nearing a million and, and it can apparently get to 100k in four seconds. Is, is that the point of this discussion, Guyan?
0: Well, it's news because we put it on the news, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> that's the old saying, isn't it? That's, you know, the, the reporter asks the chief reporter what's the definition of news, and the chief reporter says, well, w- 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 what I decide is news. certainly a I first guess it's world unusual, problem. isn't it? It's, a, it's unusual to, to, to have a car that's uh, stolen at that sort of price. Um, but $850,000 for, for a Rolls-Royce that's then uh, discarded, um, apparently has, a found. A, has has a bit of a, a, a repair bill on it fifteen thousand dollars for a for a worn tire or something. Again, first world problems, I guess. <laughs> um, thank you, David. That's David Linklater there, who is the Deputy Editor of Driven Car Guide. What's been on your mind, Sue? You're not interested in discussing stolen Rolls Royces? What, what have you been thinking about this <laughs> well, week?
1: Well, it might surprise you, Gyan, to um, to know that I've been thinking about the All Blacks New Jersey that was launched with some fanfare last week. And... Really, my interest was piqued when I heard them described as being sustainable jerseys that would help to save the planet and even save the oceans. And I thought, how fabulous. They must be made of some natural fibre like a wool or hemp. But when I looked into it, I discovered that they're made from recycled polyester, which is just plastic waste. Now, obviously, recycled polyester is better than non-recycled polyester, but actually... Polyester is one of the most polluting fabrics on the planet. It takes about 200 years to break down in the environment. And if you wash it, it releases these tiny pieces of plastic waste. They, they get into the water and pollute our oceans and our food and our bodies. So if you were to wash one of these new all-black jerseys, it would release about 700,000 plastic microfibers into the water and of course some of those particles or fibres would be absorbed into your skin and some of them contain nasty chemicals which we won't go into right now because this got me thinking it's plastic free July we're all being ex- exhorted we must reduce our waste so why are these iconic new all-black jerseys being made of plastic and not from natural New Zealand fibres like wool and hemp. I mean, what a missed opportunity to promote New Zealand fibres. And also, why are they being promoted as being sustainable, helping to save our oceans, as it says on a website, when they're actually these microfibres are destroying our oceans? Now, I don't think we should just single out the All Blacks here. If we're serious about reducing the plastic pollution of our planet, all of us, Need to wean ourselves off plastic, polyester clothing, and switch to natural fibres instead.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do note that the All Blacks have a six-year deal with a British petrochemical giant.
1: Yes, I think As there could sponsor. be some some uh, very close connection there, because of course the plastic is made from petrochemicals. But. Uh, Nick? Yeah. Is, is, that, uh, is that something that uh, sprung to mind when you saw the new
0: All Black jersey? I have to say that is a unique take on the uh, new All Black jersey. I did hear a lot of commentary on it. It's always a big talking point when it comes out, but I hadn't heard that angle. I think the, it's a really important angle.
1: Yeah, but but most of us, we just people, just don't think about polyester. I've gone right through re- eliminated polyester from my wardrobe. It's just, pla- I mean. And 70% of, I think it is, of clothing is made of polyester. And we're going on and on about single-use plastic bags, but what about plastic we're wearing clothing? It. Mm. I haven't even talked about the toxic chemicals that emit from polyester either. So you reckon they're letting the side down a bit here? I think they should be, uh, they should, we should be promoting New Zealand fibre, New Zealand-made garments. They're iconic. What's
3: been on your mind, Nick, this week? Slightly different to sue, um, but i 've been thinking about water reform. Um, it has been a hot topic, and Parliament is jumping through the final legislative hoops for the Affordable Water Act, which of course was the the big compromise to three waters. It is very rushed, um, but for me it 's about not lose sight of, not losing sight of the fact that something does need to be done with the way Aotearoa manages three waters um, and I think all sides of the political spectrum broadly agree on change just not on the details. So we know that our critical infrastructure for fresh water, for stormwater and wastewater needs proper funding and joined up management over the long term the uh, the infrastructure deficit for new zealand is now over 200 billion dollars and that's growing and one way to build out of that deficit will be through this reform uh, which will allow faster and better funded management of of three waters. Mm-hmm. And you would know quite about this as a former mayor wouldn't you uh, uh, I mean, uh, well, you dealing know, yeah, yeah.
0: with a lot of those problems you were mayor of uh, Port for a number of years. Yes,
3: I mean I, that's I do I take some you know, responsibility broadly uh, for for this. We knew we had problems. We didn't know how bad they were. Part of that was because we didn't have the resources in a you know a, a, a medium sized council to actually understand our assets, and so that's what this reform does. It will allow better understanding, one approach to asset management and a a, a bigger, a greater ability to borrow more to actually invest in in these networks. Because if we keep doing what we're doing, we know that more people are going to be harmed, that our environment, our waterways, our catchments and our harbours will all suffer because of poor uh, wastewater management particularly. But also we're just going to Continue to draw more fresh water out of the environment without looking at ways of conserving that. So there's a lot of lot going on, Guy, and it's it's um, it's 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 one that affects all of us daily, mm-hmm. um, but we don't often give it a lot of thought.
0: No, do either of you find it strange looking back that what started out as an infrastructure debate sort of got wound up and it got people incredibly wound up and ended up being sort of part of sort of race and cultural sort of wars. I mean it seems it seems it, it
1: seems an, an odd trajectory for the thing to have taken doesn't it but well, water as people do feel very passionate about water i think what's interesting is what nick mentioned there which is a lot of this is driven really by borrowing the the need to borrow and, and there are limits on how much a local government can borrow, a local council. So you need to amalgamate them. A lot of this is driven by amalgamating them all up so you can make these massive borrowings that we need to fix the massive uh, you know, hot deficits in our water infrastructure.
0: Yeah, they have debt ceilings, don't they? And, and if yeah. you're going to go against that, then um, you're, you're facing rate rises. The bigger and, the entity, right. the more you can borrow. That's a lot of
1: this is really right. What, but what's but again, the, it.
0: localism comes into that too because people don't like to be told, oh, no. well, you're going to be pulled into a greater super city, or the, your your water assets are going to be managed by um, you know central government. Do th- do they? No,
3: that's a huge part of the opposition and i think it's a fair one because you know communities have often spent generations building up uh, i'd i'd hesitate to call them assets because they're really liabilities but <laughs> the, nonetheless there is huge ownership and a sense of ownership around these um these networks in different parts of the country so it's it's about balance it's local input and influence but actually centralizing and getting the, the economies of scope and scale out of when you when you push things together so I don't know if that's right totally, but hopefully we're on the way to finding out. Absolutely. Thanks, Nick.
0: Nick Leggett and Sue Kedgley with me, Guy and Espiner on the panel this afternoon. And for Wallace Chapman, Plenty more after the four o'clock headlines, we're going to be talking about the proposal for a third medical school in New Zealand. Stick around.